0: You never want to be working with not the best product out there so if you know you can use our property management system but you're looking for x or x functionality that meets your needs we want to help you do that um forcing people to use bad tech is an old way of thinking about it and that's not going to be successful anymore
1: no not at all. Hey. All right. We are back for another episode of Hospitable. Hospitable is a podcast for the hospitality industry. And what we're trying to explore is how do we make hospitality more human uh, in an age of digital innovation and technology? And that's why today is super excited. We're actually, uh, you know, you can't probably see through very (laughs) well on these cameras, but we are on the 86th floor of One World Trade at the MCR offices with Jacob Messina, who is you're kind of in a dual role, right? Senior yep. VP of technology for MCR, but also CEO of stay in touch. Yeah. Jacob, thanks so much for letting us record the floor. Yeah, <laughs> Overlooking yeah, happy to chat. <laughs> <laughs> so what I want to start with, you know, I was thinking about like doing this, like long drawn on intro, but you have a unique background. Uh, you've been in hospitality for a while, but. I was stalking you a little bit. And you were a culinary <laughs> teacher for a few years before yeah. you got into the hotel business. Talk to me about that. What sure. uh, where did your love for hospitality start?
0: Uh, started at an early age, actually. You know, uh, even before getting into restaurants, my um, hospitality interest came. Uh, I was an addict to Roller Coaster Tycoon and The Sims, <laughs> and I thought, how could I apply this amazing ability that I had at playing Sims and Sim City in these games to uh, a career? Uh, and I started dabbling in restaurants and then into hospitality. Things kind of went from there. So, yeah.
1: So I love that because that is so, like, 90s kids. Yeah. Like, growing up in the 90s, <laughs> like, I remember Sims and Roller Coaster Tycoon very well mm-hmm. as well. So Yeah. Um,
0: but, yeah, so I, I got into restaurants. Uh, I started working at restaurants in New York. I grew up in New York City. Um, I started working in restaurants when I was 15. Um, restaurants, catering kitchens, all sorts of stuff, you know, high end to low end. And I realized over time it was more of a passion than it was for a career for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when I was in uh, school, I was at the Cornell Hotel School. And, you know, I got to TA a bunch of classes and taught a couple uh, on the culinary side, which was a lot of fun. And like whole groups of people there, which was fun. So it's fun. Even some of uh, my colleagues here uh, are former students of mine that uh, I was their TA. So I was responsible for them passing culinary theory. I Uh, love that. Yeah. So...
1: Why culinary theory? What what about culinary theory kind of got you started? I mean, Obviously, we're in the hotel space now. And we'll talk about that. But what, what was the culinary theory? Where did that, where did that come from? Yeah. Was it just
0: So it was a very interesting class. It was a kind of a two-part class. So you learned the chemistry behind cooking, and then you had to put it into practice. So it wasn't just a sit in a room and learn about how to do something. It was learn something, and then you have to go do something mm-hmm. with it. Um, and it was a really interesting class. I learned a lot from it, both as a student in it and a, uh, teaching it in, in that culinary TA role. Um, the first part of that was, you know, when we started, when I was a student, we were in teams of two. Mm-hmm. And then the next year when I was, uh, t- uh, TA on it, teams of four, but the same amount of work, and you actually found that the students did worse and it really showed that cooking and po- a very important part of cooking is communication. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, as a TA, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be so much easier. They have twice as many resources, but it wasn't about resources. It was about um, being able to communicate, being able to plan ahead and to work with people and to understand what certain people are good at, what some people aren't at, and being able to work around that. So,
1: I mean, it sounds really interesting, especially if you are love Sims and rollercoaster tycoon and also <laughs> yeah. makes sense now on the technology side of the business. When we get to stay in touch here in a little bit. Makes a little bit more sense. I mean, because in a world of technology where we're overloaded with technology, we always think that technology is going to help us, like another tool, another thing. And, and and I'll go so far to say is that there hasn't been a lot of true innovation Um. in the last decade. It's a lot of iteration, mm-hmm. right? When we think about big innovation, you can argue maybe iPhone, Tesla, depending on like what you want to call innovation. I think there's flavors of innovation that have happened, especially in the digital world. But we've seen a lot is just stacking on top of it. Like we're going to make this thing 1% better, 1% better. And that doesn't always work.
0: Yeah. I actually, um, I think less technology is what's somewhat needed in in many cases. And you wouldn't think uh, of someone who's running a technology company to say that, um, But, you know, like what we're doing with Stay in Touch is not intending to be in people's faces with technology. It's to make things simpler so that people have more time to have a face-to-face conversation. It's not, oh, let me head down, remembering short keys of what a Deluxe King 1 is, so that way I can do it. You know, I was a 10-year Opera user uh, back in the day, and, you know, I could still have all those short codes memorized (laughs) for... Uh, but that's not helpful. That yeah. doesn't advance a conversation. It doesn't uh, build a relationship or anything like that. So, technology needs to support people, not get in the way of them.
1: Yeah, and I love how you said that because uh, I also know that prior to the technology side, you were marketing, and and as a marketer myself, you know everyone thinks marketing is kind of sexy. I, I would I would actually um, say it's not. It's it's very boring, and it's it's test iterate, test iterate. Yeah. The sexy part of it is like the advertising in the front end, the content. But when you think about marketing, marketing theory and and putting that in in execution, it's a lot of testing one thing at a time Mm -hmm. with the idea that you're trying to limit as much friction, right? And I feel like that kind of has set you up to be on the tech side. So how did that transition for you of working in hotels for um, all that time on the more marketing into online, into the, how do you get into the technology? How did that career transition put you into a place where you're now running a technology company?
0: Yeah, uh, it's a great question. Uh, Definitely took an interesting way of getting here when I was with Lowe's Hotels. So I got my start uh, working with Lowe's Hotels, actually with their distribution team. So um, kind of a behind the scenes uh, role, but really a great way of learning like how the sausage gets made in the hotel space. Uh, And also you learned at that point the disparity and the problems between a lot of our systems. I ended up running performance media, as you mentioned, Um, and part of that I thought was around storytelling. Um, you know, and you have to do that, but have data behind it. So to know what's working, what's not, I was frustrated by, you know, these we were doing, when I started, we were 95% print with our ad spend and, you know, it was a $70,000, uh, you know, piece of media or one pager in travel and leisure. And they told you everyone in the United States saw, um, you know, with digital, you had the ability to track. You had the ability to do attribution, see what was working and sometimes in real time and that was exciting to me It's to know what was working how can I be doing better how could we continue to evolve the story and know that you know nobody is seeing a banner ad and saying oh I'm gonna go on a trip here because of that one view or something like that it's you had to be able to tell the story of it and also develop your value prop of like why is you know why should someone purchase your product
1: I really think that's a really cool um, insight because I love I love telling stories like we kind I know we've Sat and talked before, and we already pre pre show talking all kinds of stories and fun stuff. But I love this idea of telling stories, th- telling stories with data, right? It's it's there's the art of storytelling, but then you need that data attribution in today's world to make things hit, right? And so tracking data is really important, but it's also can seemingly be overwhelming. Like, what do you got to track? What are you attributing to it? Where does it come from? When we look at I'll say generally, but we're talking hospitality. When we look at all these technology stacks out there and things that you have access to, and you talk about, you think less technology is needed. How do we attribute that? How do we look at or think about slimming down technology to be more effective so that we can have what we need without needing a million and a half things?
0: Yeah. You know, I think it's about enabling hoteliers. Um, You know, not every hotel or every concept needs the same things. Um, you know, that's the approach we take at Stanta are very integrations focused and partner focused, you know, thank you for our partnership with OmniBoost, uh,
1: you
0: know, but we want hoteliers to be able to select a tech stack that works for them way too long in our industry. There were just vertical players who you had to buy everything from them. And then you're getting maybe one good product and 10 bad products. And, you know, that's not the way to be successful in my opinion. And, you know, having been in a lot of roles within hospitality. You never want to be working with not the best product out there. So if, you know, you can use our property management system, but you're looking for X or X, or X functionality that meets your needs, we want to help you do that. Um, forcing people to use bad tech is an old way of thinking about yeah. it. And that's not going to be successful anymore.
1: No, not at all. And I love that you said, I mean, that's part of like the Omnibus magic, right? Is that we're source agnostic and we like to think of ourselves as like a plug and we can plug into anything and help make things easier. And, yeah. and you know, that's you've met Case a couple of times and, and you know, you, you, know, that's his passion. How do we, how do we simplify people's lives? Yeah. Right. And I think that's really cool because when we think about hospitality and hotels in general, and we'll get into this kind of with your MCR side of things, but <laughs> when you go to a hotel, when you're traveling, whether you're going for business or leisure or leisure, you know, you get off a six hour flight, a seven hour flight or a red eye flight, and you get to the hotel, the last thing you want is to not have your reservation there or there's <laughs> yeah. a problem or they're on the computer the whole time. You just want to get to your room and, and, in sleep. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, you just mentioned stay in touch and, and making things. Hotel, hotel is easy. What are some of the things that like you're passionate about stay in touch? Like what is the mission that you're trying to build with stay in touch as you've taken over as a CEO and really looking to scale? What are the, some of the things that you really want to make an impact on in this hotel space today?
0: Yeah. You know, I'd say one of the first things, especially coming over from the customer side and by that, I don't mean, you know, staying in hotels, which I do clearly enjoy doing, but. Uh, you know, I was a customer of stay in touch first, uh, implemented at at 11 properties, boutique hotels, everything from the TWA hotel at JFK, uh, to the Highline, to hotels in Pasadena and others. Um, and realizing that each hotel required a different set of features and they leaned on different features there. So that was important to know that not all hotels, it's not a cookie cutter approach. Um, but what excites me about using technology in these hotels is that, um, you know, I can bring the customer side of this to the team. Yeah, you know, knowing what a customer is expecting, and knowing that it's very important for this technology to work at all times. Yeah, uh, you know, especially with something as mission critical as a property management system. It, when it doesn't work, it, you know, it has ramifications that you know others aren't aware of. So understanding that you know the customer has different needs than what a development team might yeah. need or a product team who think that you know, oh, our three year vision of a product roadmap uh means you know it's got to do these three things like we have to be more nimble than that you know we need to understand that the hospitality tech industry three years ago looks nothing like it does today and knowing that we need to be flexible enough to move and to innovate for the future there too
1: yeah so i really like how you talk i want to i want to ask this question because there's there's two sides i want to ask the question first MCR has a huge portfolio, right? And you, you mentioned being on the customer side and, and implementing Stay in Touch is how you fell in love with the product and, and now you're a CEO. When you look at MCR, you guys have what over 180 plus properties now? It's close 151. to 151. 151. So so 151 plus properties um across the country here. So yep. when you think about those different because you guys have boutiques all the way through kind of big chains, how do you go about evaluating that? So when you think about the hotel uh whether it's a chain whether it's a boutique and you think about their needs how do you go about evaluating um what individual hotelier needs versus like a chain and and is there like a whole can you give me some insights yeah i'd love to learn about those some of those insights there
0: sure I, I mean it was a very interesting um experience for me and i learned a ton from it especially going into branded hotels as well as independence you know, there's often there's areas that the needs are wildly different, but there are a lot of commonalities between what people are looking for and what will make them successful. At the end of the day, people are looking for simplicity. You know, um, I would say simplicity is really important. Technology can't burden people. It can't go over the top. It can't make their lives harder. Yeah. If you use technology and it gets in the way of what you're trying to do. It's not going to be successful. Yeah. So it's got to be really simple. Yeah. And, and that's like what we do with stay in touch. Like the product is simple to use. Yeah. You don't have to have used a property management system before. Yeah. You know, one of the issues um, on the branded side that we see is your labor pools are really small because you know, if uh Marriott hotels, for example, they only hire from people that have worked at Marriott's before because they know the system the technology. It's not agnostic between them. Yeah. And that's a limiting factor. It doesn't matter how you're doing it, but you know. You need to make things simple for people to learn so you can expand where you're hiring from, bring new people into the industry is very important. But also I would say, um, simplicity, consistency is important too. Uh, and that can be from a guest facing side to make sure it's a similar experience, but even more so from systems and technology, if you're not building things with the idea of being simple or consistent, sorry, in one hotel, two hotels, a hundred hotels, you can't scale. You know, otherwise it becomes a labor problem and you need to throw people at these problems. So consistency is a big piece of that. Um, and, and that's something that technology can help enable very well.
1: Yeah. I love that because, you know, the industry has changed obviously with not only technology changing, you know, the world changed in the last three years with uh, the pandemic and travel has changed in the way we, um, the way we look at traveling and, and, and you know, it's no, shortage of uh issues with airports and more people are traveling than ever in the hotel experience talk to me a little bit about this this you know we have this idea that we can make hospitality more human through technology what does that mean and in your kind of words uh, and the work that you do both at mcr and stay in touch like what does that mean to y'all like what does that mean to, to jacob
0: um well, I'll, I'll share something before, even just an earlier realization., you know, I remember um, back when I was at Lowe's hotels, um, you know, sitting I was at the corporate office and we'd hear about turnover that happened at a hotel. And it took a while before, you know, I really made the connection. You know, we'd see turnover that happened within a team, uh, and then maybe like two to three months later, the performance of the hotel would start to suffer. Um, and it wasn't easy to make the direct correlation. but part of the realization that I'd had over time was, um you know we were uh, so much information both about guests about the properties about the destination was being stored in our team members heads yeah and that's something that's very difficult to transfer to someone you know And, and to me that was a failure of technology we didn't have systems in place to allow for that knowledge transfer so you know when i think about technology now and how you can be using it whether it's stay in touch or others it's they need to facilitate those conversations and that knowledge transfer. Yeah, we can't rely on employees to be able to have all this in their head because then you're, you know, it's a single point of failure. If you know, Rob decides to go from this hotel to that, that information walks out with mm-hmm. them. Uh, but also, you want to make sure that the information is readily available mm-hmm. so you're not getting in the way. You know, they have access to it and they, if they need to know information about the guest, whether it's looking at profiles or preferences, it's there. Or maybe they want to have a genuine new conversation. So. It allows for that flexibility.
1: I mean, that, that kind of geeks me out so much because as a former recruiter and, and, you know, salesperson, like CRMs, right? How many, and this is the kind of point of failure for a lot of sales organizations is, is everyone has their, you know, Rolodex or whatever. Yeah. And CRMs are clunky and they're not easy to store. And I mean, if you think about a PMS, it's, it's a CRM for the front, of the, the front of the hotel. And so I think that it's really interesting for me is how do we create tech that is intuitive. So the other thing that you you brought up, right, is tech has to be easy, cannot burden the experience. But we have a generational gap, right? And we saw this coming out of COVID. If you go to a restaurant, especially in New York City, nine times out of 10, it's a QR code and there's no more physical menus. But, you know, I was, my mom wants a physical menu because she she can't see that her iPhone is too small sometimes she wants that physical menu to read through. So how do you, how has, or how have you seen, Maybe the generational gap of technology affect in a positive or negative way um, the hotel experience um, from from what you see every day. Building technology for this space,
0: it's it's a good and complex question. There, you know, I would say one of the things, probably the biggest um, challenge that we have at Stay in Touch, is often change management. You know, everyone wants newer technology and newer systems, but then it's a little bit scary when you finally get it. Um, you know, people are moving off of what they know, yeah. uh, what they've used. And especially in in our space, people have used some legacy products for years, which didn't change ever. So the buttons were always in the same place. Yeah. Um, and now it's scary when the buttons are going to be in different places and updates happen every, you know, every couple weeks as mm-hmm. opposed to every couple years. So there is definitely, you know, the speed of change is happening very quickly here. Um, so change management's a big piece of that but you also have to be flexible enough that everyone's going to use your product differently, you yeah. know, whether that's using it uh, from mobile devices or things like that. Um, the way that we try to do it is we speak in plain like English you uh-huh. know we you know we're not using complicated hospitality terms within uh-huh. it and that's something we spend a lot of time on. Uh, we have people from outside the industry that review our product so that way, it makes sense to someone when they pick it up for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's not like you've had to be in the industry for 15 years. Yeah, um, you know, if you're in Stay in Touch, there are very few acronyms used. I mean, we love talking in acronyms in the hospitality industry. Uh, I mean, PMS for one. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, um,
1: I'm, I'm getting the I'm I'm getting a crash course on the acronyms. Uh, you know, is, is Omnibus is a partner model? We work with so many different partners, and everyone has different acronyms and. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's okay. been exhausting, and I think that's really cool. When you, I think more organizations need to think about how do we simplify. Mm-hmm. Like it used to be all this like business jargon, and you wanted to have it, and it. I think we need to simplify it down because I don't think there's any reason why somebody should be able to walk in off the, you know, walk in from another industry off the street and be able to to speak the same language and, and be able to kind of seamlessly integrate. And that's the beauty of technology today. Yeah, right. Sure. Is that no matter your background, where you come from what you've done in the past, you should be able to kind of step in and seamlessly integrate because the system should be simplistic enough. Now there's obviously the outliers and certain things and coding and whatnot that takes time. But I think on the base level, most things should be intuitive from a technology standpoint. I mean, my five-year-old niece FaceTimes me all the time and she's flipping things up. (laughs) It's like, You know, she runs an iPhone better than I do and I've been using an iPhone for 10 years. (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting. Like I, I think back my first
0: front desk job, you know, it probably took me honestly, two months before I felt confident standing at the desk by myself and feeling comfortable there. You know, the learning curve was so high. You know, not only are you trying to learn how to, you know, build and manage a relationship with a guest, you have these systems that are complex and antiquated. You know, one of the things we pride ourselves on with what we've built at Stay in Touch is a front desk agent can learn how to use the system to do a full check-in and more in 45 minutes. You know, that is a huge step just towards gaining that confidence and building yeah. that. And if they can feel confident in their systems, then it allows them the flexibility to have those conversations. They're not worried, oh, is this going to work? Am I going to be able to check this customer in? You know, they know that already.
1: Yeah. And I think that too, right? When we look at time and attention, um, it's getting longer. It went really short with TikTok. And now it's kind of working its way back up and, and, and you know, um, normalizing out. But if you make things so complicated that it takes Two hours or a week to learn something. As humans, when we sit in an hour long training, after about 30 minutes, we only retain 30%. Yeah. So, you know, I did a lot of, in my, <laughs> in my consulting life, a lot of corporate contract training, like corporate mm-hmm. training. And I would go into these organizations and we do two hour trainings. And I would, I would have to know that after about 30, 45 minutes, the second half of that training, has to change in the way that you have impact in the way that you break in breakout rooms and do different things because their retention is going to lower but if you can get them into thinking critically doing real world examples or whatever you can spin them back into for sure retention right and i think so many times you enter a new organization there's just like long training videos and long demos and like i want to be able to go online and like look on youtube find a five-minute demo understand the product go swipe my credit card i don't want to have to work with a salesperson anymore Um, you know, those, and those are functionalities that we're working on at Omnibus as well. Um, because that's, that's, that's the world we live in today.
0: I think my, uh, biggest contribution in a meeting a couple of weeks ago, which has been repeated a lot is, you know, I I was talking about something similar. People don't learn in long form anymore. They're learning, you know, at their own speed at their own, you know, like on their own time. Um, and we started doing a lot of our trainings in what I had referred to as snackable content. Um, and that's been a big, uh, you know, term that we use internally, like, you know, it's like a TLDR, like too long, didn't read, (laughs) you know, that's not getting the point across. Maybe it's good to have that much detail, but if you're just writing it to, for it to be an email, that's not helpful. It needs to be snackable so that people can, uh, you know, understand what they're trying to do, learn from it, and then take it to the next step. I would say it also is important to be able to apply it, you know, kind of calling back to that earlier comment around. And story around culinary theory, you know, it's one thing to learn in a classroom, but you're not going to retain that information if you don't start using yeah. it, and if you don't start applying it. Like I remember that, for example, that you know, uh, pasta, you, you need to get it to 180 degrees because that's when uh, you know, the gluten is able to change form. Uh, otherwise, you don't use it. But if you just learn that you know it's 180 degrees, but uh, you're not, you're not applying it in a real life form, you know, it, it's for naught. Yeah. So. But I think that's,
1: you know, really interesting too. Uh, going back to, you know, I was recently traveling and we got in and it was after midnight mm-hmm. and uh, we had used um, a third party booking to, to book the hotel. Sacrilegious. not religious. I know. I know, I, I know so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I always joke like, don't, don't hate me when I say this out loud because sometimes we just have to, you know, yeah. whatever. And uh, so we get, we get in and, one of the rooms um, wasn't ready or wasn't available. We couldn't find it. And it was what happened is they had accidentally checked somebody else in. Ooh, that's okay. Uh, but no one actually had the room. They just like mishit a button and so mm. it, so it wasn't showing because it was there. But it took the person about 10 minutes to figure it out. But what I thought was really cool at this particular hotel and this experience was the person was empowered to handle the, and you could tell that he had done this before, um, because there's three of us and we had just gotten off a flight. I had actually been traveling. This was in Europe. I'd been traveling. I flew red right eye over <laughs> landed in the morning, <laughs> got a day room for a couple hours, took a nap, got up, got ready, flew up, you know, then flew up to another part of Europe to, to Northern Europe. And so I, it was just a long day of travel. And I was just like, guys, let's, let's look this out. And, um, but going back to this point of you know, the theory of they knew what they were doing, they knew where to look, they had the checks and balances in place, and they, they he felt so empowered to handle the situation that there yeah. wasn't a need to like call a manager or, or get too upset, and that's, that's where technology makes an impact, mm-hmm. right? That's where technology can save the day, and it's also where technology can ruin the day, because if you don't know what's going on and you blame the system... I don't care if, I don't, yeah. if it's 1230 at night and I have to go get another hotel. Are you kidding? I don't care if it's a system. I don't care what it is. Like, it's your fault. So I think that's a really cool point and kind of coming back to that you worked in this space for so long. Give me one of your best travel stories, whether best or worst travel stories. And I know you've had a lot of them and I'm putting um, you on the spot, but give me, give me a travel story that sticks out of your mind.
0: Oof. Um, let's see, I, I'm actually going to go with a professional one, uh, first, it's probably not how you intended the question, but the worst thing I've ever had to do, it, it, the most painful thing is walking guests. So a, a situation similar to yours where you were flying in, I remember, uh, I was working at the, the Roger Williams hotel here in New York city, my, uh, I think it was like 17 or 18 uh only person at the desk <laughs> you, you want to think you're empowered until you have no rooms left to sell uh and it was the last person in uh late at night probably 10 30 arrival and uh uh you know um this guest came to check in we were oversold and uh there was also a convention in new york city so i had to walk this guest out of state The closest hotel room we could get this guest was in New Jersey, and that was probably one of the most difficult uh, things I've done from a professional side in the hospitality piece. But
1: what's the key lesson for you? Like when you when you look back at that and the fact that you know here we are talking about it today—that's that's vivid in your mind from 17 or 18 year old. What was the lesson you took away from that?
0: Um, one was not thrilled with my revenue management team at the time, uh, for overselling (laughs) the room, but you know, it's one, it's very easy to sit, um, in an office and think, all right, you know, we can oversell to a certain level, um, you know, and there's no impact to that. Uh, but there is, there's a real customer impact and there's a relationship impact. It's very unlikely that guest is going to stay at that hotel ever again. Um, so it's, you know, there's both the human side as well as the technology side there, um you know you asked about my favorite moments in travel you know um probably it was one that involved almost no technology uh you know i uh, pre covid my last trip before covid uh i got to go i was hiking in patagonia and uh, down in chile and i um, thanks to the beauty of the internet i had uh, organized and uh, booked a uh, stay in an estancia on this like farm not realizing that they didn't speak English. Uh, So I found myself uh, in Chile, uh, unable to communicate with this family that I was with, and uh, there was no internet, nothing. So very off uh, off the grid in that sense. So spent a week learning how to communicate non-verbally for the most part, mostly through photos on my phone, you know, when I was hungry, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it had a great time and I was able to like learn from them and, you know, um, but I love just getting to be immersed in other cultures and other places. So
1: I love that. I think that's such a cool experience. And it, it also tells you, and it's a great, it shows you that this industry, while technology is super important, it's still about human connection. It's still about yeah. the relationship and it's still about being human. And I think that's such a cool, cool experience that you get to have and, and super jealous. And and it you know makes me think about, we hear on the news a lot about people getting bumped from flights because they're overselling and, and we're seeing this happen more now than ever. Or maybe it's just more in the, the media about it and it's causing more of, of a stir. So my last question as we kind of wrap up for you is, what do you think, it's gonna be a two-part question. Okay. What do you think is the biggest challenge still need to be solved in hospitality today? And what are you most excited for as it relates to hospitality, as we look at the rest of this year, going into next year, and you know, it could be some of the stuff you're working on Stay in Touch. It could just be what you're seeing as industry trends. Um, so what do you think the biggest problem that we need to fight, still fight, challenge is? And uh, what are you most excited for?
0: Hmm. Okay. So in the problem one, I'm going to answer this one a little bit of a different way, um, So, you know, something that I try to coach the stay in touch team and Mm -hmm. even when we're in sales pitches or meetings is um, there's nothing perfect about hospitality. There are problems galore. Anyone who tells you differently is lying to you or they haven't spent a day in the industry. (laughs) You know, so, uh, you know, coming from the customer side, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a sales meeting or something like, oh, this is going to work on day one and it's going to be perfect. All your problems are going to be solved. It's just false, Mm -hmm. you know, so. Uh, You know, literally, I I meet with our sales team and with other members of our team, like our job is not to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I don't expect that. I don't want that. If you spend all your time trying to be perfect, you're going to be unsuccessful and it's going to take you a long time to to be unsuccessful. Yeah. So it's better to spend your time knowing that nothing will go perfectly because nothing in our industry does yeah and be prepared for it and have the teams ready and knowledgeable to know what happens when you get twists and things when you know it doesn't go right Mm -hmm. i think that's where companies and you know in our space and hospitality that's where you know you show your true color yeah are you there when it goes wrong uh you know that's important to us so important to me
1: i absolutely love that and it makes me think about i always used to joke and I, i was a recruiter for 10 years and I always joke that recruiting was one of the hardest things you ever have to do for the sheer fact that in recruiting, it was with people with people on both. You weren't selling a product. You were selling people, right? Yep. Not selling people. You were <laughs> helping people. <laughs> take the back. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, you're selling the opportunity for people to Correct. connect, yeah. right? And when you have people on both sides of an equation, people inherently are crazy. And so you get crazy. It's going to happen. And, and crazy can take many forms. So nothing's ever going to go as planned. And I think hospitality is a similar space. Right, whether it's a business traveler or a leisure traveler, or a leisure traveler, or a solo traveler, or f- traveling with family and kids, things happen, and traveling is—it's amazing. It, the experience—you you can't. You know, I've, I've been lucky to live in Europe for two years and travel a lot of places, and I know you've traveled a lot. We've we've, we've shared some some travel stories, immersing cultures. It's it's one of the most amazing experiences you ever have. There. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's not fucking easy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? It is hard and there's always something that goes wrong. So I love that you share that. And I think that it's just, it, it's something so unique, especially when you teach a team that that's going to happen because when a team is ready and willing and able to be of service yeah. and judging, judging your team on, are we, do we show up when things go wrong? That is such an amazing thing. I love that you share that. Ah, so what are you most excited for? What is the most exciting thing as we look at the back half here of 2023 and and going into 2024 that you're excited about?
0: Yeah, you know, in terms of what I'm most excited about, you know, I'm so happy for, you know, the resurgence uh, that we're seeing in travel, uh, especially coming out of COVID travel, uh, opening back up uh, and the opportunities it, it gives both within companies to grow again and flourish. Um. You know, what I see as exciting from a technology side um, is the facilitation of uh, how we have these conversations. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's you know using a piece of technology or not. Mm-hmm. but it's the ability uh, for us to, you know, hotels are finally investing in technology, mm-hmm. uh, which didn't happen for a really <laughs> long time. I mean, anyone who's worked in the space uh, has known that it was always the same five systems that mm-hmm. hotels were using, you know, I love having competition, um, you know, whether it's stay in touch or others, I'm sure you do on the omnibus side, it makes us all better. Um, that to me is exciting. Um, I want us to have better players in the space that are pushing us to innovate and do more because that didn't exist yeah. um, you know, and it let people be lazy. And it let uh, you know, we were in situations where products didn't change for two to three years at a time, but now that can't happen. You yeah. need to be constantly pushing for what's next and how do you do better and how do you make sure you're listening to your customers so that you know what they need.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that, that's what's exciting to me it is more competition, honestly.
1: I love it and I used to, I like to use the word of, I wrote a book called The Social Soul and in it I was talking about what I call competition. So it's cooperating with your competition. And it was termed by um, a friend of mine. Um, and I just thought it was really cool because I think there's something unique about working and, and, and solving problems as an industry. Even though we're competing, but how do we solve this problem as an industry? How do we create this to be better? Yeah. Because when we talk about hospitality, it's to be hospitable. Mm-hmm. Right? It's to be human. It's to welcome. And sometimes we need to have that competition to make the industry better so that we can go back to what it means to be human. And yeah. That's what's amazing. I, I think
0: that's a really great point. I mean, the nice part is the barriers to entry have come down. There's a lot more technology that's available. There's new companies that are, you know, coming to market every day and we all learn from one another and what sometimes someone is going to win one, uh, you know, deal because of something I've done. And, you know, you learn from that you take it to the next one, but it makes us better. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate, uh, a lot of the things that my competitors are doing and, you know, it's my job to make sure that we're innovating, you know, at the same speed or faster than them, yeah. um, and making sure that we're listening at the same time.
1: I, I love that. I think that the last thing there that you said is, is so important is listen. I think it's really easy, um, for a lot of, for all of us to say we're listening, but we're, we're such an eco chamber. To really listen to the customer is such a, a unique thing. So that's really cool. And I'm really excited, you know, to see what you continue to do, um, not only with stay in touch, but I know you've got the MCR stuff. And so it's really cool to see you grow. And I, I've, I've just been so, it's been so much fun to get to know you and learn a little bit about, you know, how you get to play in both worlds and see things coming from the customer side, but also the technology side. So I'm okay. excited to see your continued growth and and the, the success of your teams. And, and obviously for the partnership with OmniBoost, and excited to see, where that continues to take us is, is we continue to build out and do cool shit together. So
0: I'm excited about that too. (laughs) I appreciate
1: you. I appreciate you letting us, you know, come, let me come to the world trade center here and uh, see this amazing view and, and, and and record. Um, if anybody wants to learn more about what you're doing or stay in touch, how can they find you?
0: Oh, um, there's many ways uh you know uh, just send me an email it's the first one uh you know I'm very accessible through all channels uh so Jacob.masina at stayintouch.com. Uh, always open to talking hotel tech uh, you know whether it's related to our business or others mm-hmm. um, we love putting uh, folks in touch with others that are innovating and doing uh, really cool and interesting things OmniBoost included um, so yeah please reach out happy
1: to talk Awesome. And I'll make sure to link. Uh, if you want to learn more about stay in touch, I'll put the website. I'll also put your LinkedIn so people connect with you there. Uh, and I think it's really, and, and I know that you mean this when you say it because we've talked about this and we've already made some different connections, but I think it's really easy for us to say, oh, I love talking about this. And, but when I tell y'all that he is one of the most successful people in the world, um, he, he's, he is very, very genuine. So make sure you hit him up on that. If you're interested at all in what they're doing or just connecting with Jacob, I highly, highly recommend you reach out to him. Jacob, thank you again for the hospitality here today. I appreciate you and looking forward to uh, quite a few more stories. Yeah, uh, and and grabbing a beer sometime. So yeah, appreciate definitely. you, my friend.
0: All right, thanks, Rob. Hey!